Yeah, Los Angeles, what up, what up, Chup? <laughs> it's over. Yeah, let me tell you, I want to be your agent, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, y'all know I've made 17 albums, opened a chain of nightclubs, started a clothing line, and married the most beautiful, famous woman in the whole world. And you probably thought to yourself, I bet Jay-Z's got tons of free time to worry about my career. You're probably... Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Alert The Stands. You are here today with your host Ease McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chopin. And it is a new day, new episode. How is everyone doing? I'm good. Um, it's been a busy week, very hectic week, but um, I'm glad to chill for the weekend and just have some fun with you guys. How are you Chopin? <laughs> Already? Um, I was wondering why you were smiling in the corner. What just happened? I was, like, I was like, why is he smiling so much? I'm so confused right now. Um, okay. Oh I'm going to take that as a good studio or something. Um, but yeah, um, Shopper, does that mean you're okay? Everything's Same good? Same as always. Okay, cool. It's um, with new energy. Yeah. Onomatopoeias <laughs> for your day. How are you? I'm good. Um, my energy's good. Um, had a good week. Next week's going to be a good week because we have Carnival on the Sunday. Um, and for any American listeners, I'm assuming you know what Carnival is. But if you don't, it's a celebration of Car- Caribbean culture um, in, uh, oh my days, Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, birthday next week, which I'm looking forward to. And yeah, I'm good week. Can't really complain. So let's right. get on with the show. Um, I just want to, I'm just thinking, are there any shout outs that we have to do? We didn't give Sherelle a shout out. We haven't given her a shout out yet. So there's someone called Sherelle who's been supporting the show so much. Um, every single episode, she's sending love to us, letting us know kind of how to improve, um, just just giving energy and it's really appreciated. So thank you, Sherelle. Um, let's get on with the show though. Mm. So, Chope, do your thing. So we're going to go into what we've been listening to this week. Round's going to be very quick. I'm just going to say where they are and move on. I don't have any analysis for you. Burner Boy, African Giant, Tori Kelly, inspired by real events. I think that's what her album is called. Is that the gospel one? No. Oh. <laughs> that was Hiding Place, which was which was a great album. But her, she's put out a new secular album, inspired by my own events or something like that. And lastly, BJ the Chicago Kids, 1123. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. His yes, colours yes. pissed me off. Why? Just, for, huh? aste- just aesthetically. Why is man wearing a denim snapback? That really irritated no me. No one's ever gone to him. For it's all it is. I was like, go to Shoreditch. <laughs> I've, I've never seen a denim snapback I've in my life. I've seen one before. In like, I've where? seen Urban Outfitters. A denim snapback? Yes. Literally, yes. I've never seen a denim yes. snapback in my life. Google them. It will come up in popular retailers. Yeah, no, obviously. Like, if I Google flying, like... No, a, but is it anything? like, all your popular outlets will have or have had them. A like, denim... Okay. Top Man. Top Man probably has, like, at least five yeah, of them. Yeah, but who shops? Okay. I mean, I don't shop. Shopping shops. There. Yeah, and Shopee's got style. So yeah, no, it's good own. style, but I no, it's good style, but I don't personally shop there. I shop in Urban. They have a similar kind of category of clothing. Yeah, so. yeah. and okay. I don't shop in yeah. Urban outfits. It's not for me. 
But the point cool. is that there are denim caps in both stores okay. and I've seen them. But I, I mean, the fact so that people are wearing them is my issue. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So Not that I have That's one, what pissed you off. I thought you could say like he was shit or something. No, no, he's great. He's always great. So I don't know. There's no mm. issue with his music. But it's just the so, denim cap. So, so Cass is stylist. Who knows if he has a stylist? Every artist has a stylist. Okay, so whoever styled BJ the Chicago kid, that denim snapback, send it back to Urban Outfitters, please. Um, Yikes. <laughs> um, can I just say, on Shoppe's um, mention of BJ the Chicago kid's album, um, I love Can't Wait and Time Today. Like, I love those two songs. Um, I believe he's filmed a visual and Scotty Beam is in it, looking like a snack, My looking babes. like the mill, Wonderful. looking great, beautiful. One of them. You're right. You wow. would be right in this. <laughs> um, hot boy summer. Anyway. <laughs> no, BJ the nice. Chicago King. Oh, what? <laughs> he said must be nice. Oh. Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah, the album is dope. BJ the Chicago Kid never fails sonically, vocally, production wise. Uh, visually, this album is off to a great start. So I'm really happy and great taste as usual, Shoppe. So. Yeah, just wanted to comment on that. Any others that you were listening to this week? No, I said them. Um, oh, okay, cool. Burner Boy, Tori Kelly, BJ the Chicago Kid. I know people, I feel like I'm just going to say nothing every week at this point because I just don't take in albums the same way I used to. And yeah. I feel like maybe that's just the, the, the way the cookie crumbles, but I feel like maybe I just won't ever. <laughs> For the rest of my days, I won't. With the way I'm just super busy and mentally cluttered all the time and... And the, the the fast pace that music is coming out, like yeah, I just found out Bass dropped an EP like last week. I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he that. did. Yeah, I yeah. saw the cover and I didn't realize it was him. It's the one with the like milk on the yeah. front. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And I listened to that too, and I thought it was great. But I once again, I can't give you a detailed explanation as to why I think so. But from what I heard, it was cool. Yeah. And my guys, Brock Hampton, are dropping next Friday. That's going to be a big every, one. Every single they've put out so far, I I love. Mm. I'm really excited for them. Like I was worried about me and my my friend shout out to Kilo. She's like a Brockhampton stan, <laughs> and she was very upset when Amir was kicked out the group because yes, oh, he's even though he's problematic, but um, I forgot about that. Yeah, but like he was a big part of their sound and the last album, Irresidence, Even though it had some really great songs on there, like some really really good songs, mm. it definitely was a slight step down from their previous projects. So we were kind of like theorizing, oh, will they be able to like really work out? How, will they be able to regroup without him? But these three new songs they've put out so far show that they have kind of, they've worked it out. They've yeah. managed to rehone themselves and kind of like find their place as a group again without him. Yeah. And then it sounds like this is going to be a very good project. So mm. I, Ginger. But yeah, no. Um, so Burner Boy is great. Tori Kelly's album is great. Like Tori Kelly is a consistent, really consistent artist, and I'm always just like you've every, said this, yeah. I'm, her her voice is just in ridiculous. And BJ, like BJ, like <clears throat> this album's a bit more commercial than his last, and actually, and most of his EPs even. Yeah, but it works really well. Like I think Champagne is a hit waiting to happen. Unfortunately, I don't think it'll be a hit for him. Like I was actually saying, if someone like Trey Songs or Chris Brown or Bryson Tiller even put out Champagne, that would be a hit. But because BJ isn't our typical star or mm. pop star or whatever. Mm. Unfortunately, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And even the song with um, Buddy and J.I.D. Yes. That's a great song. And... Oh my God, yeah. That and the one with Rick Ross, that's a great... I love that song. Mm. I think it's called Players Ball. Mm. So 
they're all really 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 so those are my three projects for the week i'm I'm just gonna send a disclaimer i probably will never be able to give you a descriptive analysis again on anything i recommend so i'm just gonna say from now on what i actually listened to does it mean i took it in no but those are the three that i attempted mm. to really delve into these week mm. you so, still gave us something like you still gave us a little you know one liner or something about them and songs you like so I, I definitely think that was sufficient. Oh yeah, Tori. So let me let me say a song I like from. So I've mentioned BJ. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. say a song from Tori's album that I like. Um, Change your mind, and there's another one on there. Language, yes. So those are two songs that stood out to me. And on Burner Boy's album, Collateral Damage, I fucking love that song. I love that song. <laughs> it just reminds me of um king sonny ade so shout out to all my nigerians i feel like every nigerian has had has has had him in their house from from birth <laughs> so collateral damage i love 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 that song like mm. to the point that when i played it in my on my laptop even my mom was like what is this and she had a bit of a jig because it's something that she could identify with even the bono boy is a contemporary african artist mm. and um yes yeah, so collateral damage is a great song i love um killendom was later he's also a great um, African artist mm. and Wet in Mango Do. I love that song. Love, Banger. love, love, love that song. Banger. So I feel like that's like a really big favorite. Yes. Like, so a lot of people. Three great projects and very di- and all three different sounds. We have an an African album. We have a acoustic indie album from Tory. Yeah. And an R&B album from BJ. And yeah, I was gonna say BJ's voice is just hands down one of the best of our generation. And I always think that a great singer is someone that can sound amazing without having to do much so his him just singing like a verse is just like it's just life mm. then he goes mm. into all his little riffs and runs and belts and shit but yeah when he just sings like he opens like three words it's like ah, oh, his tone is just immaculate i love bj's voice i love bj's voice and i missed him at essence because of nicotry <sighs> so i'd love to see bj the one day. <laughs> that silence <laughs> anyway. so nicholas um so this week this week this week um bloody hell didn't a lot of fucking releases come out this week mate like so starting off the week um i got into because of the visuals that dropped with it sacrifices obviously dreamville j cole earth gang on the car shmino and Sabah. that was it perfect so visual dropped absolutely amazing for that i know i'm commenting on the actual music but i think the visual added to the song and it made me love the song even more it's really beautiful really simplistic um i think earth gang so there's only one member of earth gang in there johnny venus and he fucking kills it or olu you might know him as um he would really fit on a reggae beat like i really think he would transition into reggae really nicely and like uh maybe a song with damian marley um etc etc would be dope um so yeah it's a really laid back song vibe song makes me feel like we were talking about how songs make us feel last week and i think that just put me in a really relaxing mode after work like let me simmer down a little bit just was in bed writing and all that kind of stuff and i was just like do you know what this is a vibe like i love the song even more and i pay attention to it even more and i think it's placed really well as the ending song the closing song from i'm revenge of the dreamers three so 
yeah, stand out to J. Cole this era and his whole team and how they're working. And again, just reiterating that the project was excellent in my opinion. And I still, it's, it's uncovered that I still need to get to know the album and still need to get to know it in more depth. So, um, it's brilliant that I love the slower laid back songs as much as the turn up kind of faster paced songs as well. So that was Dreamville, just revisiting that. Wait, so would you say you've been taking it in? The album. I would say that I've taken it into a, so you know how you've got beginner, intermediate and like master level. I would say that I've, I'm have i on Ooh, an intermediate level. That's a good analogy. Yeah, I'd say I'm at the intermediate stage and I'd say I'm still getting to I'm know. I'm definitely beginner <laughs> on, that, on that album. I would say that because it's so long as well that you really need to kind of almost not, well, how I work, maybe split it in your mind, like kind of, okay, go through it as a whole, get to know your favourites at the start, get to know some more in between and then finally just listen to it again like keep repeating it as a holistic piece and I'm really glad that they released the visual for that because it made me love the song and it made me go back to the song and I've been repeating it all week so yeah man Sacrifices is a chill and I'm an island boy we love our slowed back laid back kind of records and I think that that lends itself quite well to the, the sounds we'd be used to and the sonics so I think Dreamville did an amazing job and I think there's something for everyone on this album, both generationally, I think. Like you said, your mum listened to Burner Boy, for example. I think there's something generationally and there's something also genre palette-wise under the helm of hip-hop. So you've got your trap, you've got your um, conventional hip-hop, you've got your more relaxed hip-hop, you've got your R&B-tinged hip-hop as well. I think there's a lot on there. There's a lot for everyone and it caters towards. And I love that each member of um, Dreamville has their own specificity kind of that they add to the palette as well so it's really dope um so that is dreamville and the sacrifices record a lot of songs as i said i mean a lot of songs and albums and projects and eps and whatever you want to fucking call it dropped on friday um the only one that i would say i've been able to listen to at least like three times to give a judgment towards because there was just about so much and so many that there's like cousin steers there's Channel Trez, there's Quality Control, there's Brie Runway, there's Young Thug, there's Aaron Way and Kalani, there's like so many fucking songs. There's Rosalia and Ozana, there's Azat Ferg, there's Normani, there's fucking hell, there's just so many. So I was just like, I can't do all of this. I've saved all of them, but I'm going to go into them in the next couple of weeks, not even just week, next couple of weeks, because there's so many things. But Cousin Stiz is someone that I've loved since 2015, since his SoundCloud days. He is a, um, he sticks to like conventional hip hop, but then he, he, um, incorporates jazz into it. And in 2015, um, not jazz, sorry, trap, what am I talking about? He, um, released a project called Suffolk County in 2015 and he's from the South. So it kind of has that kind of sound to it, mixed in trap, laced in trap, but, um, that kind of, you know, that, that dirty South kind of sound that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, from Maxo Cream. But yes, this project kind of lends itself more to the trap arena. Cousin Stiz is quite an aggressive rapper, quite a um, a flow shifter as well. So I think he did really well on this project. It sounds quite industrial as well as trap placed. City Girls, um, so Young Miami actually did well flow wires on this album, which is kind of shocking because we all know out of the City Girls, she's not the one that's shining in terms of quality but um in terms of holding them down obviously she's the only one out of prison but um yeah she did well on perfect which is the second song on the album shmino again making incredible appearances this year he kills anonymous 
Um, there's Freddie Gibbs on there. Everyone in, who knows hip hop knows Freddie Gibbs is dope and excellent. And he released his own project with Madlib earlier this year, which was fucking fire. Um, and there's a couple other features as well. I'd say the first half of this project is definitely stronger than the second half. Again, as I mentioned before, Take a Day Trip are prominent on this project. They're killing it as producers in the trap arena. Um, I might have to write a piece about them because no one's giving them the love that they deserve. But they um, are basically doing what Take Heath did last year in terms of just being prominent on every single project and just killing it. Um and following in the footsteps of um, loads of trap kind of producers that are like Zaytoven, for example, Murder Beats. Ah, um, oh, what's the one that Kenny, Kenny as well, Kenny Beats as well. They're following in that same trajectory. So I love Take a Day Trip. They're working on both sides of the Atlantic and just trying to be everywhere this year and giving quality kind of productions. So that was Cousin Steers. And then I'm just trying to go through and see if I had anything else love all of us so labyrinth and zendaya if you don't know the show euphoria zendaya on her last episode of euphoria um broke out into song for the first time um and at first i was kind of like what's this high school musical shit like what's going on what's about to happen now disney channel still here she's standing up doing this whole visual piece and all of that but as i heard the song i was like this is fucking strong i need to know who produced this i need to know who wrote this i need to know how this was released ironically it was released through psycho and um which is labyrinth's obviously long-term label um simon cow obviously runs that label as well under sony um yeah so zendaya worked with labyrinth labyrinth is an incredible talent to the uk and i think he does not deserve um get the love near enough the love he kind of deserves in the flowers he's been on so many instrumental records he's worked with the likes of diplo through his career sia he's he's been across the board both us and uk and he's been behind the scenes rihanna prominent projects like um across rihanna's career as well so i definitely think that and he did Labyrinth. a few songs on Beyonce's Lion King album. Yes, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So I think Labyrinth is behind the scenes doing a lot of important work. And I think in the, the, this is again the documentation in the UK. We don't show enough love to the people, um, adding to the popular culture, pop, uh, hip hop, R&B, et cetera, like Labyrinth has his stamp laced there and you can go and check the credits. He's still eating off probably a lot of fucking records right now. So um, shout out to him and shout out to what he did for this song for Zendaya. He really had this kind of, again, I hate to use the word um, because it's so similar to the show name, but euphoric kind of um, beat and feel (laughs) across the song. Zendaya again is um, getting better and better with time in her artistry as both an actress and um, an artist. I would say she's better as an actress. I would say she's better as an actress but this song is really a testament to what she can do with the right people if she's if she's really working on the talent and the right people she can really excel and uh this this isn't an acting podcast or a theater a theater or kind of tv related podcast but um euphoria is amazing and i think zendaya is a brilliant this is her coming out party in terms of um as an actress in Hollywood and she'll get a lot more roles off the back of this. Not that she hasn't anyway, because she was a Spider-Man franchise too. So yeah, that's me, Eden. Kill it. Go and end us off. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I'd love if she fucking um, trademarked that or whatever. Like she she might as well, but yeah. Um, So for me, I've only got one project this week. Uh, I will say I did listen to Snow Allegro, which came out yesterday. Of course you did. Uh, oh, 
Yeah. That doesn't sound good. Is it not good? It, so no, it's not. Did you like Doja Cat? <laughs> no, yeah. I just had to- The video? Had to that in. The video. Doja Cat. The video. <laughs> and the thing is, I was at Nando's, yeah, the day before, and someone was like, this Doja Cat dropped tomorrow, because they work at Sony. They were like, this Doja Cat dropped tomorrow. I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, okay, oh. <laughs> the video oh, is. okay. And as you know, she's one of a client where I work. Yeah. Oh, yes, she is. So you'll, you might see a lot of her. Have you, has she been, she's been in the UK this week. Has, has she, has she, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Doja Cat, fire, that video. Yeah. Music, the, the song was good as well. Um, to you. Yeah, I, mean, I like the song, you know. I like the song. To y'all. Yeah. It's not Moo, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my listen. Sorry, go on, go on. Um, so I listened to Snow Allegra. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel like I need to take a moment to get into that. Yeah. Um, Although on first listen, I wasn't that impressed um, just because I feel like I've heard most of it before from her. And I just feel like it didn't really bring anything new in a way. Um, So I'm still digesting. You guys were talking about in terms of levels when it comes to taking things in. I guess I'm at beginner at the Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. So um, I'm just taking that in and I'll probably talk about it next week. Cool. Um, But yeah, I'm working with that. I want to talk about a project that I thought was fucking incredible. So there is an artist called McClenny. Um, Mc, was it McClenley? How do you spell it? M C C L E N N E Y. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it on. So he's, he's part of selection. Um, he is from Maryland. Um, I can't remember the city he's from, but he's he's from Maryland. Yeah, That's Baltimore. Bolt. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, he's a great artist. He's a producer. He produced "Gone Away" by her and a few songs on um mm. her as well. Um, and he has a Grammy certificate for it and all of these types of things. He's inspired by Stevie Wonder, um, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and quite a few notable, notable names, um, even Prince as well. And he he made this project called I'm Not Here. And it was the first time I've ever listened to any of his music. He does have a few projects before this. I think his first project came out in 2017. Um, he changed his name recently, so you you might recognize him from something else. Mm. I think his name was like Chris McClenney before, but he just calls himself McClenney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, is the one you put in the group chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a five track EP. And um, honestly, every single song touched me. I don't know if it was the fact I was in a very good mood this entire week, but honestly, this EP was incredible. Um, I don't know whether to go by by one by one, but I'll talk about some of the themes on it. So he talks about um, loneliness, like the fear of like love and all these types of things. The first song is called The Fear. Um, One of my favorite songs on there is called Love in the Sky, which features, um, let me just get her name quickly. So Love in the Sky features April and Vista. So I don't know who those, you know. They're they're an amazing duo that discovered on SoundCloud. If you like alternative r&b but with a soul bass i highly recommend them oh okay they're amazing yeah so amazing. It, uh, that song was very beautiful it was kind of like love is a drug and um it's, it's unreachable but it's like this thing that you see um and i just found i'd found the entire ep very very beautiful i definitely recommend it to a lot of people it has like a jazzy r&b um uh what else would i say like it has a somber kind of feel to it it is it's it feels like it should be a sad album but the way he describes love and the the piano the organ the kind of um reverb and echo that he uses on his voice makes it sound quite beautiful and um it's an experience it was an experience for me and, and it just helped elevate my mood as well even though it was supposed to be such a sad album like i said it's so beautiful that you actually forget that um so definitely listen to that um, and the other, the other thing that I want to talk about, I don't really think it's fair to say I've taken the whole album, but I've been listening to Sir um, De Evils 
quite a lot. Oh. Um, so that song in particular bangs. Um, I'm struggling to get into November. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I know Nick has been talking about it a lot for like the last few episodes or the last season. Last or year? Yeah, like, like what? last year. But I, I'm struggling. I, I don't know where it is. Um, I just don't, I can't get into it. Um, wow, y'all. I don't even know why. I have some thoughts on that about it. You finish. What What are your points? No, finish. No, I'm done. But like, what? I no. This is my thing with Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm over it already because I know. Sorry, Nick. I'm over um, it. I'm over it. November is a it's a it's a good project. It's a solid project, but it wasn't amazing. But I do believe it has the potential mm. to make an amazing project because. The song, there's a song in there called War. Have you got to that song yet? I think so. That is an, a fantastic, brilliant, incredible. I love that song. Okay. So, guys, listen to Sir War from November. That I, I, when I was listening to the album, that was the that was the one for me. Okay. That was the one for me. But no, saying that, I do think that his album does take a while to, to get um to get into. It's a grower. It is a grower. Like. So I'll never say it's a bad album. I do like the album. I do. And I have gone back to it definitely over the last year. But I do think that it just kind of... Um, it's It was too cohesive, I felt. Okay. Too cohesive. And kind of like a few of the songs especially... Actually, no. It starts off well. It's a bit dreary in the middle. Mm. Then it goes good again. So I just think that there are great songs on there. I just think he may need some time to kind of work out how to cultivate a good project. Mm. But the songs are good. Like... The song of Airbond is good. The song Foreign is good. So I do like the project. I do, I do love. I do like him. And I think he's a great singer, great songwriter. But um, and I'm definitely cannot. I um, I have all my ears and eyes open for the next project. I love the song. Just part of Kendrick, actually. Um, but you know, I can see why I feel that way. Mm. But when people say like Nick, it's like one of the best R&B albums of the last five years. Oh no! I didn't say five. What did you I say? I said last year. Oh, well, that's not true either. <laughs> well, for me, it is. For me, it is. To you, it's not true. But War? For me, for that, me it is. But War is a Grammy Award winning song that should have been. War. War. I'm saying again. War. <laughs> but yeah, those are my listens. Um, you, on WhatsApp, me, this McClenny person. Okay. Like now. I've, wait, wait, I've done it before. It's in the group chat. Okay, but to, to me personally. Okay. Okay. It, sound, cool. it sounds like this is something I need to listen to. I, I yeah. Whenever I've suggested music to you, you just come back like, yeah. I liked them. Um, that Boston nigga. What's his name? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. I liked. I I, I listened to his EP. It's I liked good, it. Isn't it. It was really good. Yeah, it's got nineties. It was really it. good. What's his name again? I know. There's been other stuff you you've recommended that I've liked. All right, I just wanted to make sure I had that recorded. Um. Anyway, so um, Nick. I just think your opinions on Miguel are trash. On Miguel, he actually that's a point. So on this album, there's certain songs on here. Um, I think it's SOS that he sounds a lot like Miguel on there. So I definitely think you will like his. But music. which Miguel though? Because you know, there's Wild Heart Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's not all Wild I want is you, Miguel. It, I think it's more. Um, what's it called? Kaleidoscope Dreams. Okay. Miguel. Funny you say that. I was list- I've been listening to a Dawn Bear this week. I don't know why. Oh. Don't know why. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what does so, that mean? No, what does what mean? Just, you know, are you not an Adorn fan? Huh? Are you not an Adorn? No, I like Adorn. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, so Nick, do you want to go to the news <laughs> section? <laughs> just thinking about what I can say on the mic versus what I can't. So. <laughs> she knows. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's go to the news. Um, oh my god, my ears hurt, guys, because I've got the headphones. Like we all do this. So week, now you know how so. it feels. <laughs> 
Every week. This is me every week. And you guys know how it feels though. Anyway, guys, a um, <laughs> lot of news, a lot of big shit happened this week towards the beginning, <laughs> middle and end. Um, I'm tired of some of it. Some Actually, all of it I'm pretty much tired about, except for the first one. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Missy Elliott, obviously she was about to be honoured with the 2019 Video Vanguard Award. Network MTV are planning to also do a pop-up museum in New York City to honour Missy's legacy. So, um... You didn't say that's happening at the VMAs. Pardon? You didn't mention that's happening at the upcoming VMAs. I was about to get into the article. That's you like? Okay. Get me get into it. Anyway, <sighs> as Shope said, this will happen at the Video Music Award or the VMAs, which are taking place. Bloody hell, where's the date? Shope, you know the date? I think it's late this month. At the end of the month. Okay. The date's not in this Rolling Stone article, just to let you guys know. I'm reading it. But um, yeah, uh, it's due to take place in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, Missy's about to be honoured. What are you guys' thoughts on this I, award? I think we all just share the same opinion, to be honest. Like, it's finally happening. Mm. Um, it's been a long time coming and she definitely deserves it. I, there's, I think there's no doubt that Missy Elliott has influenced anyone in hip hop, really, um, when it comes to videos, when it comes to um, style, uh, when it comes to how people rap. Mm. Um, all of these like, even features like she definitely kills it so and you're seeing it now even now in the new school rappers like Tierra Whack um, even Rico Nasty in some of her videos um, even in R&B Normani loves her mm-hmm. wants to collaborate with her mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure that's coming on the album but yeah yeah Missy Elliott changed a lot of things um, for a lot of female rappers but just rappers in general so definitely she deserves this um, mm-hmm. but it's just annoying that it's it's that um, you have to be twice as good in order to be accepted thing. and It's not that in this case. You don't think so? And I'm, gl- I'm glad we're having this conversation because people have been saying for years that she deserves that award and she definitely does. But I want people to realise that everyone that has won it in the last six years, they always have an album or something coming out. And like, it's not like the BET Awards where they'll just give you this tribute for no reason. And I know this from an inside perspective that artists pitch and pay for those awards mm. so like pink did pink win it last year no two years ago she had an album out the year beyonce had it she had self-titled out the year just Timberlake had it he came back out mm. so like i was saying that i'm sure mtv know <laughs> that they have to give it to her eventually but mtv never do tribute awards to just in fact back to even back to 2001 jenna jackson got like a lifetime achievement award like in 2001 mm. and she had an album out the same week mm. it's always it's always in conjunction with a project they have but macy elliott has been inactive largely for like 14 years mm. so even though we know that she definitely does deserve it i said it said it she will get it either if she pay if her team pays for it or <laughs> negotiate or when she finally has something to promote and it seems like the walls are in motion for her to officially come back i know there's been a lot of stop and starts yeah. the last five years or so we're mm. not going to talk about ninth inning um so um i don't nick remembers that song oh i do (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah no but you know she like confirmed herself that the album is finally coming out this year and she had this massive spread in mary club which is obviously a massive magazine so i was like Mm. oh okay so clearly the wheels are in motion so when i saw this like okay because this definitely means she's definitely yeah Music is finally on the horizon. And obviously she headlined to Essence where she was amazing. And she just won that award, didn't she? Like is the hip hop, one of the only female, though she is the only female rapper to be inducted. inducted into the Songwriters yeah, yeah, yes. Hall of Fame. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she got like an honorary degree from the Berkeley College of yep, Music. So, so like, this so, seems like yeah, a, so there's a, there's a plan here. So 
I wasn't surprised by this. So it's not a case in this case anyway about being twice as good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm happy she's getting her flowers um, or like it caused a lot of people to give her her flowers. But if you're giving me that context and that fact that people have to have an album coming out and all that, it kind of devalidates it for me now. Of course. Like it's kind of just like, 100%. What, I don't give a shit anymore. Like I kind of didn't, like there was two reactions to me. Obviously I did a shout out tweet, whatever. Like I said, I'm really happy for her because I am like, she genuinely deserves her flowers for videography. Like there's no artist now maybe except for Tierra Rack, but she's not been consistent enough because she hasn't been out for long enough as a mainstream act. But Missy, the levels of videography are just out of this world. There's no one that even touches her, like even in 2019, like is close to her in terms of consistent, qual high quality, futuristic, out of this world, new concepts, challenging herself, pushing the boat out, visuals, in my opinion. So... She deserves it. Culturally, she'll always have that stamp as being a pioneer as a videographer and futuristic artist and stuff like that. MTV actually didn't need to give her that award because we all knew that. Like cultural critics knew that, music mm. critics knew that, the hip hop white and black artists knew that. Katy Perry kept credited her before. Like there's been an, a string of artists who bust the rhymes. Obviously we all know Nikki's even credited her before. Like there's been so many artists who give her her flowers in that way, the cultural way. So MTV actually didn't need to do this. And here in that process, obviously we all know the awards are rigged pretty much across the board in some way, shape or form. But hearing it's that, like you have to have an out, like what the fuck is that shit? And I'm, like, I'm, or like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's pathetic in my opinion. I, wanna, I just want to add this. I'm not saying the ones who've won in the past didn't deserve it. Oh, no, 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 no. Because some of them are clearly like worthy of winning. Yeah. Some, some. Some. But um, what but I would happen say to have happen to have like big rollouts and campaigns. That's just like some, that's some whack shit. Like you can give something to someone any year, whether they're inactive as an artist or whether they're not. Like, the fuck like these award shows i'm over it man i'm actually over it. i'm happy that she she's got the um the flowers i'm glad i'm glad of the reaction and love she gets um from the response of getting that but fuck that shit man it's she only bet that will give you a tribute award for no reason just to have <laughs> just, like just, just, just because just, yeah like they genuinely either they genuinely fuck with you or they're just giving it to you for the sake of it so you can come or something but um i'm happy for her she'll she'll get love and she got the spread and all this kind of stuff that's happening the museum as well will be nice to see like the visuals from that um but we f fuck your cosign basically mtv like like no, that's how I'm I have two sides to it you know you don't always have to be like one for um I'm, I'm glad you gave that context actually really shoppy that's yeah that was good perspective no to be honest you're actually right I didn't think of it from that <clears throat> I didn't think of it from that angle um the idea that we look towards award shows to kind of validate what we already know I've said this about the Grammys like you know you you know I said that before about mm. the Grammys and stuff but it's still I don't do I so I still acknowledge that in our system and in the music industry that winning a certain award gives you certain privileges and will make people maybe stream you more the grammy the grammy buzz that you get like is mad that, like that it's data, your it, data, it can change the trajectory of your career so i acknowledge that that happens but i still am like i know this artist is great tiara whack didn't need to get nominated for me to know oh she's brilliant mm. like do you know what i mean it's kind of like that so i have two sides to it but i will never acknowledge the that the uh the accolades and the kind of access it may give you in certain mm. in certain um mm -hmm. in certain realms and certain rooms and certain people mm. and just the fact that you know Nikki's even spoken about being blocked from them like um and blackballed right, 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 from right. them from 
yeah, from the Grammys and stuff like that. So it can be powerful and it can be this and it can be that. So yeah, but Missy, congrats, honestly, on congrats, congrats. You deserve, you know. Cool. Pioneer. Right. One last thing. Go on. Let's give Buster Rhymes one. Fam. Fam. That's all I have to say. Fam. 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 It's always been for me, Missy Buster. And I will say it, you might, you guys may disagree with me, whatever. Cheat, he well, doesn't deserve the award, but videography, he's been great. Luda. I would, say I would, I would yeah, disagree yeah. with that. Okay, I'll just have to send check. I completely, check, you I know, completely like, agree with if that. Them three, he will never get the award. Yeah, yeah, he'd never. I completely agree but on a cultural, the streets no. level, like we've no. been knowing it was them three. Ludacris' videos were amazing. His bobblehead concepts are still being no. used. Mm. Still All being respect used. respect to Luda. Yeah. He was one of my favorites growing up. I love him. And his flow was what? He was in he was check. Great. Like, I love Luda. Chicken and beer still slaps. Yeah, man. Like, we love Luda in these streets. We love Luda. So, yes, Missy, Missy, Missy. Good news, good news, good news so uh i don't know whether this is good news or bad news because it's a bit of a disclaimer but um asap rocky let's quickly do this so um guilty the the verdict came in on the 15th um and rap it is found guilty so um guilty of assault during the stockholm fight and given a two years suspended sentence so he will not serve jail time okay but he is um he has to pay, obviously, for what he's done. Um, so Vladimir Cornell and David Rispers were found guilty of the same charge as well. Um, it's not as serious of a case um, in nature that a prison sentence must be chosen. The defendants are therefore sentenced to conditional sentence. A suspended sentence means that as long as ASAP Rocky and the two other men found guilty commit no further crimes during the two-year probation period, they will avoid prison what are you guys' thoughts on the verdict and the lack of jail time mm. uh i'm obviously not i'm not happy i'm not well I, to be honest i feel like i don't know enough about the case to actually be like okay like he either deserved or he didn't deserve it yeah but from what i saw from what he tweeted and of course if he tweeted it or put on instagram um, it's going to be a biased opinion. Mm. It did seem like he was innocent and it was self-defense. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and although I've made my opinions about ASAP Rocky very obvious, like in when we were talking about, I think two episodes ago, um, and the fact that he does dance for the white man. Um, at the same time, fairness is fairness. Mm. And if he is innocent, then he shouldn't be going to prison. Okay. I'm sorry. He shouldn't be found guilty of something that he didn't commit. Yeah. Um, and also, although he's not going to prison, the fact that he's on basically probation yeah. is still a bit scary. Cause Meek Mill still went to prison for being on probation and doing like, he did a wheelie on a bike or something yeah. that sent him to prison. Like even the most minimal thing can send you to prison. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. so I think it's potentially dangerous because, um, it means he's just, he's out, he's out there now. Like if he makes the smallest mistake, that's jail time that he's doing. So, yeah. um, although it is kind of a, it's a loss and it's kind of a victory at the same time. Mm. Um, from the videos I saw, it does look like it is slightly unfair. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like we said, we do hope this teaches a lesson about, um, incarceration, yeah. um, the justice system yeah. in majority white countries and, um, that he as an individual understands that this world isn't fair mm. to people of color. Um, and that having rich friends doesn't exclude the fact that you're still black. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, ugh, there's a lot of thoughts I have. I think number one, I'm happy he was 
doesn't have to serve jail time, which is great, but I'm glad he did get to serve those 30 days just to maybe learn, potentially learn something about the prison system. We still don't know that. Um, time will tell. Um, I think I'm happy that all three of them, if, if they were going to receive sentences, receive the same one. So I guess it is if there's more evidence that was hinted at by the court to still be seen, um, which show ASAP is just as bad of, in, in the same kind of light as the two guys. Um, I would say that that's the fairest outcome. It wasn't, it doesn't seem like a racially charged kind of thing because mm. they all mm. got the same mm. thing. So I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, the legal system playing fair if they want to just give all because they don't have enough to pinpoint just one party. So I'm happy they all got the same sentence. You know, it's fair whether celebrity or normal person. It kind of breaks the wall down in that sense in some ways, kind of like, you can still get a sentence being a celebrity. Do you know what I mean? But then at the same time, I don't know how harsh the obviously Swedish law authorities are in comparison to the US because we know the likes of Meek Mill, you know, Rick Ross, uh, ankle bracelets and stuff like that, Little Wayne, Remy Ma, etc., have had to deal with the US list, um, legal system and particularly New York in some cases for them and Philly. Um, I would say they are really harsh, like in terms of, the, and they're very racially targeted. We know the American system. We know how that paves black people and all of that. So I just hope that it's a fair kind of plurality. If people are watching ASAP, it's just in the fairest light, how they'd watch the two guys. Um, ASAP is still able to make money, still live his livelihood, still be in his career. So I just hope he, you know, obviously serves the sentence without any qualms and all of that. Just, you know, keep away from the drugs and all that kind of behavior and just, keep healthy because I'm straight and narrow but I hope on a moral level he just learns something about prison period and maybe takes education from going to visit a few prisons in his home country and just go and see how people are actually living when they can't play bell even if they have the option of bell or not they don't have access to the same legal facilities they don't have access to uh the likes of you know uh the executive to like tweet about you and the likes of Kim, well, Kim Kardashian, whatever, if she's even a benefit or a hindrance. But um, yeah, I just, it, it's not a bad outcome in my opinion, because it was the fairest from my perspective without seeing the evidence that they've seen. I'm going to make that really clear. Um, and I'm glad that celebrity or not, um, the who whoever was the victim in this and whoever was the perpetrator because of the lack of deciphering of information got the same sentence that is my that's my overall outcome i'm happy it was equal and i'm happy he's not serving any more jail time i am like you know i'm just as a black man i hope i'm glad he's not serving any more jail time but yeah shopee do you have any thoughts on this shaking his head <laughs> um okay let's move on you know that's the update on asap Right, more political, rappers being political here. So we are going to move into a big, 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 big topic of the week. And um, this is Jay-Z and the NFL. So um, there's a partnership in play now and it involves, um, yeah, Jay-Z. And this, yeah, this one, this one's a bit of a, this one, I think there's going to be a lot of opinions here. So um, Jay-Z and NFL commissioner, Roger God. Godell, is that me? Is that someone shaking? Oh, okay. Godell gathered with reporters for a press conference at Rock Nation's New York offices on Wednesday to discuss their new entertainment and social awareness partnership. Um, 
So this was revealed on, I believe, Wednesday. I believe, yeah, I believe it was Wednesday. So the deal with Rock Nation, um, Jay-Z's entertainment and sports company, so that arm of it, calls for the firm to be the NFL's live music entertainment strategist, which will entail Rock Nation and Jay-Z consulting on entertainment, including the Super Bowl halftime show and contributing to the league's activism campaign, Inspire Change. So um, the press conference revealed details about how the entertainment partnership will work including songs of the season for which five artists from all different labels will record songs from the mf fell promotional spots and for which the artists will perform at a pro bowl concert and an area on all streaming services where nfl sponsored live performances podcasts and playlists will be hosted so there's been a lot of divided opinion on this um, particularly in relation to Colin Kaepernick, as Jay-Z um, said in his music, you know, you don't need me. No, you need me. I don't need you. Basically, you need me. I don't need you. And he's made it very explicit in the past that he doesn't F with the NFL. And he's tried to convince the likes of Jermaine Dupree um, in the past not to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show. So And Travis Scott. And Travis Scott, yes, exactly. And he wore a Kaepernick shirt at one of his tour performances. Yeah, so he's basically co-signed Colin Kaepernick's three years ago action to take the knee. And that was in place for police brutality against black people, um, which was happening then, still happening now. Um, and is still a prominent issue in the wider America, um, in sports and outside of sports, to be honest, and in every pretty, every much every industry so um what are you guys thoughts on jay-z and the nfl um i do want to disclaim actually that he tackled criticism for colin kaepernick and he, he said and he said that essentially i'm paraphrasing here but he essentially said that the um kneeling issue to which colin kaepernick knelt um took the knee for obviously about pre-reality has passed um, and he's been made active and aware now and in public consciousness. So therefore, um, you know, it's let's move on kind of thing. Like, let's focus on what happens now, to which he kind of hinted at, that his deal will be some sort of change in that realm. So what are our thoughts? I think this is going to get a bit messy. So, um, yeah, what are we, what are we thinking? Jay-Z, NFL, deal. Eden, Chope, whoever wants to take the mic. Go for it. I knew you'd point at me. All right. Um, so we've spoken about Jay-Z before. Um, we spoke about gentrify your own hood. Yep. That line and um, capitalism and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be completely honest and say I don't know everything about this particular situation um, because it is quite a behind the scenes type of deal. Mm. Um, and some things have been announced. Some things have been rumored. All of these types of things. I'm going to go from what's announced. Mm. Uh, so let's go with the facts. Jay-Z is a capitalist. Jay-Z is a black capitalist. He's mm -hmm. a black billionaire. Yep. Um, he rose through the scene, always talking about how um, he sold drugs. And then he's got, till he made it to 444, where he started talking about how he buys paintings and all these types of things. Yep. Money is a very important aspect of Jay-Z's image. 100%. Um, and so this shouldn't be surprising. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the deal, I think overall, I think people are arguing on an, an ideology based argument is it's completely based on ideologies. Mm -hmm. So it's like capitalism versus socialism versus um, all of the isms. 
And I just don't think that type of conversation is really going to matter in a society where capitalism exists mm -hmm. and is the prevalent form of um, how people trade, how people interact. Yeah. Um, and I do think there is a part, there is a side of realism we need to play when it comes to this. Yeah. We can't mold Jay-Z into who we want him to be. 100%. At the end of the day, Jay-Z is going to be Jay-Z. 100%. Um, and this isn't the first time that Jay-Z has used um, a like black thing or a black um, something that is related to black culture mm -hmm. in his music and it's for financial gain. Yeah. Um, there was an article we spoke about in the first season um, and it's on Medium. I was trying to find it a moment ago. Um and it basically, oh, wait, I found it. It's called Family Feud, Jay-Z, Beyonce and the Desecration of Black Art. And it talks about <laughs> um, the Family Feud song. So they, Jay-Z and Beyonce released a song called Family Feud. And on it, at the beginning, there's a quote from James Baldwin. Um, and a lot of people kind of talk about how Jay-Z and Beyonce, they kind of use black art and like black issues, to like move themselves up in the ladder and um, to become like the the image of what like a black American or black capitalist should be. And they kind of push this idea of black capitalism. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, if I'm being completely honest and completely transparent, I don't know if I disagree with the idea of um, trying to move up the ladder in terms of capitalism. Like I'm not stupid. Like obviously capitalism is killing us. It's not, it's not something that benefits us as a people. Yeah. I think as an ideology, it just doesn't make, it makes sense, but it's not the right thing for a lot of countries. Yeah. Um, America, that is what it's based on. Unfortunately, um, mm -hmm. America is capitalist central. Literally every single thing to do with America is to either sell you something or to buy something yeah. um, or to, I don't know, just to make money. So, I mean, I'm not really surprised by this. I mm. do think that it can work in benefit if he does in the future um, grow his partnership with the NFL. So if he becomes like a much bigger entity, a much bigger force in the NFL, um, it should be better for um, like black people in the NFL. But at the same time, I just feel like it's it's a completely different argument. Yeah. Right now, it's it's the focus of um, the NFL and yeah. the music that's happening at the halftime show. Yeah. I just don't see, I just don't see why people are trying to turn Jay Z into something he's not. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean I don't agree with them mm. because there is a side of me that's like a hundred percent. You said these things, mm. and then you're going back and you're changing mm. it, and you're compl and anyone listening to this who has that thought, you're completely right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's Jay Z, yeah. so I knew that was going to happen in the first place. Hundred percent. Um. So I can't be angry really because yeah. that's who he is. I think, like you said, I think, I think the image that you're saying about the Jay Z and Beyonce thing, I think. It's almost like they're like some images, particularly Jay-Z more so than Beyonce. I would say like, it's almost contradictory. Like you're almost using social issues, like especially on his last album, like the visual he did about caricatures and all that kind of stuff that blew up. I think it's almost like, just give us what you are. Mm. Like almost just be overt. Like don't mix the message of social consciousness and then back capitalists here. Like, let's be very consistent. Like just be black capitalist. And that's what we're expecting from you. And that's the, to be honest, if you watch his business ventures, that's what he is. Like you said, I think, yeah, if you look, if you look at the paradigm we're in, the capitalist society and the NFL deal that he did, I think it's, it's not unexpected from what Jay-Z would do. I think Colin Kaepernick, again, if we remember what he signed with Nike, which fund the NFL. So let's really 
the nuance here. I think people are picking and choosing and I even pick and choose when um, I even picked and choose when I first heard the deal. And then I was like, wait a minute. Colin did that deal there. Let me just remember that was me touched the mic. And my ideas always evolve. I never judge people whose ideas always evolve from research and stuff they do because our ideas always evolve. I won't think the same last week on something as I did this week. It will always change. And I think Colin, you know, he did this thing where he got the money from the Nike and he very explicitly said, I'm putting this back and he invested it. And we've seen that he invests back into the community. He has his own initiative, which helps equip black kids with police brutality measures, knowing their rights, knowing the law. He does regular talks and he does all of that stuff. He just wants to play football. So, mm. and if we think about quite Kaepernick's end goal, he's still very much an advocate for wanting to play for the NFL, which is a system which actually does wrong towards black players so there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh complexity there's a lot of complexity there's a lot of nuance and colin's still training regularly like pretty much every other day to play football for when he signed again and if you remember eric um forgot his name eric holder is it eric holder him who was the other player the black player who um eric reen or something or something something like that i don't want to say eric holder i think that's someone who died but yeah eric eric um he was playing for the NFL. Eric Reed. Eric Reed. That's it. I was reading up on him this morning. Eric Reed was another player who got, um, who's critiquing Jay-Z actually quite heavy right now, but he's playing for the NFL too. So I think it's really interesting. I think we need to check our politics a little bit. I think you can be critical of Jay-Z signing the deal because it's very, we don't know what the deal is yet. And if you're just picking five artists to do songs for the Super Bowl, I don't really know how much institutional change that's going to do. But yeah, anyway, um, I think there's a lot to evolve and wait for the deal. So I'm on the fence of, I'm sitting and waiting, but at the same time, I don't agree with the NFL as an institution anyway for what they've done on a personal level. Um, When you say what they've done, how they treat black players so basically you mean particularly colin no 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 how they treat black players period because there's other stuff that's happened racially and there's racism in the nfl and a lot of owners are white owned yeah slavery a lot yeah a lot of them are linked to slavery plantations there's a lot of politics in the nfl um wherever white rich people are there's problems Mm. to be honest but um yeah i'm against the nfl because they're pretty much over 50 percent black players who uh, in that kind of field and actually monetizing that that industry for them and the way they treat us on a level period and um, even to the fact of um, racial profiling that's still a thing in there as usual as society is so I think the NFL as an um, institution is problematic more than problematic just straight out racist um, but what I would say is that black people still play in the NFL, black players still watch the NFL. Black players who are calling Jay-Z out, you're still watching this season. So don't come with the politics unless you are advocating for not watching the NFL because you're funding that system. Because through, ad- no, 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 no. Through ads, through all of that, you're enabling a system which you don't agree with to still be upheld. No, you, I agree, you do. I, no, and I agree to, with that. Everyone, everyone has power at all different levels, yeah. you have power personally yeah. to not engage with no, that. And if agree. I was in the US, I wouldn't engage, literally, I wouldn't engage with it. No, like, I, and I the agree. same way, I love basketball. If they did some shit like this in there, I wouldn't watch basketball. Which has happened. That has happened. And it has happened. And if I was in the US and I knew of that big kind of case and if I had the awareness, same thing. But here's where, same I, thing. where I'm just a bit like skeptical. Um, it's kind of a catch 22 because are you asking these black NFL players to not do their job anymore? If they strongly agree with the, if you're critiquing Jay Z, yeah, 
you don't have a leg to stand on if you're still in the NFL. You really don't because you're contradicting no, no. because you're enabling a system but you're, you're, and you're critiquing Your Jay-Z. comment about the fact that the NFL is a racist um, what's it called? Institution. But that's a set. That's a separate issue. If you're, if you are actively aware of the racism in the NFL and you're a player in that, and you've chosen to play in that, then you kind of don't have a leg to stand on critique and stuff like that because you're in, you're enabling that system. And especially it's so specific because it, it, it enables how your players play on a daily play basis. It enables your livelihood, how when you play, mm. it enables, you know, maybe your son, if you want your son to play football or whatever, it enables his life and all that kind of stuff. So you don't, if you're critiquing Jay-Z and you are an NFL player, you kind of are contradicting yourself here. I don't know. You kind of are. No, like, I, I, respect, I definitely respect it. what you're saying, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Just simply because I feel like the difference is that Jay-Z has publicly said that basically fuck the NFL for these reasons. And I feel like these players come from a different angle because it's their livelihood. So I, I don't know if I necessarily agree. It's the same thing. Jay-Z can just go make music. I feel like with these yeah. particular players, their life is based on something they've trained for their entire So then life. I would say shut up play football that's what i would say don't critique him if like if you're still choosing colin kaepernick actively still chooses to give back to the community all that kind of stuff that eric guy who's critiquing jay-z you had the choice to go you got the deal back like a team offered you to like play next season you had the kind of uh decision to make whether you wanted to go back and play or not go and play but, okay, and let's but, remember how much these players point, pl- earn they yeah, yeah. earn enough to actually retire like realistically uh, no 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 they do they do a season that gives you a good couple milli a good like a lot of milli if you if you play your assets right you could buy the right house yeah you but that's assuming rich. that they know what to do with it though because a lot of, there is an issue with financial literacy in nfl with nfl okay players, that's fine but you've got even, the money to pay someone after to teach the NFL, you. a lot of the players go broke so if yeah. they if someone was to leave for example and they don't have something set up and i'm not completely disagreeing with what you're saying um but i'm just saying i don't think it's as easy as like abc and even with the eric um uh reed eric reed eric, eric reed yeah um his situation was unique because he actually got he actually got, um, I guess, rehired or um, added back to the Panthers um, again. He actually got added to the Panthers again through someone called... Give me two secs. David Tepper. So David Tepper is a billionaire as well. And he's yeah. quite revolutionary in the way that he interacts with the NFL. He talks up about black issues um, and a few issues that are going on in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think it's slightly different in terms of the way that he came back into the NFL. He kept his opinions about Colin Kaepernick very public. He was still supporting the idea. And the fact that he's able to be outside of the NFL and still say fuck the NFL for what they're doing, fuck Jay-Z for changing his mind so quickly and being a hypocrite. I Wait, still... who, the billionaire or Eric? Um, Eric. But Eric still plays for the NFL. He yeah, still he plays does. for an Eric. Yeah, NFL, he does. But you said outside of the NFL. Yeah, when he wasn't... When oh, he no, wasn't... no, no, but that's different because then he was on the same side as Kaepernick. It was him and Kaepernick in, ta- in tandem because they, they actually worked on a couple of campaigns together when he wasn't signed for the NFL. But why is that different? No, I'm saying it's different if you're critiquing Jay-Z now because you're, you've, cho- you've actively chosen to go back to a system which you know dis- actually discriminated against you and kicked you out of the league. But, uh, yeah, okay. To then go back in and then to, like, critique Jay-Z, I'm kind of like, but then you decided to go back there. It's kind of like, 
Mm. I think it's a catch-22. I do think it's a catch-22 because it's like we work in racist environments all the time in this country, right? And of course, we voice and say, oh, this job is really fucking racist. Or yeah. the HR was like, et cetera, et cetera. And I get like in terms of uh, football players earning however much million a week or how much thousand a week or yeah. whatever, and we're not earning the same amount of money as them. Yeah. So we don't have as much autonomy as them. But I feel like it's still a catch-22. There is that fear and there is that worry that if you leave your job, then what's next? Financial security. Yeah. In and that, and to be honest, in terms of authenticity and being true to yourself, <coughs> of course, at the end of the day, if someone is, if, if there's an institution that's against you as an individual, um, then of course you should stay, take a stand and do it. Yeah. But I'm just saying not everyone's going to do that. A hundred percent. And I think the black players who didn't, who aren't doing that didn't critique Jay-Z. Okay. So I think there's just like, if you're going to be so vocal, why have you then done some of the stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hypocr- yeah, the hypocrites. Do you know, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit, I don't know. And I get, I get you. There is nuance, like lack of education, the financial, I think you're actually right on the financial literacy point. Some people don't know who to pay, who to like get advice from to mm. then set themselves up to be able to leave. So I completely get you in some of those circumstances. But I think if you have that level of engagement with politics and that smart, I guess, I don't want to say smartness, but like kind of awareness um, to then critique him, you would have the awareness to kind of, I guess, know about me- certain measures and stuff like that. Certain measures in terms of... Certain, like, you'd be able to have the roundness of knowledge to then see your place in that same system. If you look at yourself in the mirror kind of thing. If you have that same awareness to critique Jay-Z on such a deep level and be like, this is part of it's wrong, that part of it's wrong. And to be honest, I've I'm, even today I've critiqued Jay-Z like a little bit as well, but I've just given the fuller picture. But what I'm saying is that people that are so loud and gung-ho about him, I think you'd need to look at, especially NFL-wise, if you're in the NFL, you need to look holistically and kind of see that the NFL is the big system. You're all playing parts of that, whether Jay-Z's just coming with a partnership to try and, I guess, whatever he's saying, tackle the issues of the the NFL diversity issues, um, or you're a player in there enabling that system to discredit you and treat you like shit, then I would say you need to look at your perspective as well mm. before you are so loud about it no and again like and again i do i do agree with you i do agree with you but i just think it's it's a very complicated situation because no it is it is it, in terms of blackballing and all these types of things like if you were to leave the nfl there's no guarantee that these billionaires who do run the nfl won't yeah. just say you're never working again and yeah. you just end up on the street and stuff like that mm. because even like the NFL and stuff like that are, are voices for these celebrity for people in general as yeah. well. So people look up to NFL players. Mm. So if you do want to talk about the NFL and how racist it is, sometimes you do need that voice that comes from being in the NFL. Mm. Um, but I completely understand what you're saying and I agree. Um, but it's a catch-22 in my opinion. I do think it will be quite hard for them to just be like, yeah. you know what? Fuck Jay-Z and I'm leaving the NFL. Mm. Like, I just think that's very hard to say, especially in this, like in in America. I just think, yeah, mm. it's very hard. It's hard. It's hard, which which is why I highlighted the Kaepernick thing. He had to do what he had to do, sign the Nike deal, whatever, because he, he was getting no income mm. to kind of then give it back to the hood. It's hard in a capitalist society and I don't want us to take away the context is we live in a capitalist society. So mm. we're still interacting with the beast on a daily basis. Yep. So it's it's hard. Like in, in an ideal world, billionaires wouldn't even fucking exist. Mm. Like in my eyes anyway. Um, so... You know, it, it's it's really hard. It, it, it's really hard. Can I just point one thing out? Um, and I spoke to you both about this and I was pissed off about it earlier. 
Um, I read in an interview, I can't remember where it was, that um, Colin Kaepernick's wife or girlfriend made a comment. I'm sorry, but it really fucking pissed me off. Oh, So basically she said, we'll never turn our backs on Kaepernick because your idols decided to work with the same organization that is actively keeping Colin unemployed or because he peacefully protested against social injustice in black and brown communities, specifically police brutality. So do you guys see a problem with the statement that she just made? Because it really fucking pissed me off. I get I get why you're pissed off, but I think maybe through his initiatives, I think it's like a layered issue because I do think he... Let me explain why I'm pissed hold off. Hold on, hold on, hold just, on. I think in his community... Oh, actually, I yeah, contextualise it. Let me off. just yeah, explain yeah. why I'm pissed off. Um, it's the fact that the movement that originally started with black people has now become inclusive of black, brown people and i'm not saying that um police brutality doesn't happen to people from those backgrounds like brown backgrounds um and i'm, I'm assuming because when americans say brown they're talking about people that are from like asian backgrounds um probably latin american as well brown uh the americans i've spoken to they don't actually call um like they they use brown to describe like indians and like um, oh, okay cool people from sri lanka and places like that cool um so yeah that's why i was angry i'm just like piggybacking on the movement again um and of course like at the same time i'm a black brit i'm not a black american so i can understand this might not be my place to say this but at the same time it annoyed me because i'm watching the amount of work that black americans are putting in in their movements mm. and for someone i don't even think she's black i don't think she's black i, I looked at an image i wanted someone to just reference it to me yeah make, I, it, make it make sense yeah i didn't think she was she's black like, um but i had a bit of an issue with that statement um, I was going to say that maybe the uh, thing that he has done in terms of his initiatives post NFL um, have helped black and brown people. Like, do you know, the awareness of the police staff, um, there may have been brown people there, but I'm not caping at all because there there is this cyclical issue in both the US and the UK of where other minorities um, and white people. I'm talking other minorities here because the accountability needs to be on other minorities as well. So like um, Hispanic, white people are white people. They they do whatever they do on a daily basis. But um, the, the minorities will piggyback on black issues specifically and use it as a coattail to kind of ride into the desert and try and get their designated gold. But then when it's our turn to benefit or help or contribute to your um campaigns it's the door shut mm. hate from outside the club because you can't get in yeah. it's that kind of mentality so do you know what like i get it why you're mad eden specifically because i hate when people use poc BAME. political blackness bame bame whatever term you want to fucking say minorities people of this people of that la di da di da di da what it all means is black people are still at the bottom of that. Mm. That's what it means. It's a synonym for that. Mm. It's a synonym. So I completely get why you're mad. And Colin Kaepernick did take the knee against black people um, being hurt at the arms of police brutality. So uh, last topic of the week is to do with Nicki Minaj. She's had a very busy week, both on her own radio show and on Joe Budden's podcast and on Twitter and Instagram. So, um... The feud began, not not feud, but issues, series of issues began on Monday as Joe Budden and the whole Joe Budden Collective from podcast came onto Queen Radio, which is the popular show on Apple Music and it dominated trends um, 
across Twitter, stateside, etc. So on the show, Joe Budden finally met face to face with Nicki Minaj after what has been quite the number of years, according to Nicki. And the talking points here were about motorsport and Joe Budden and his sidekick, apparently, uh, academics that looks like Alvin and the Chipmunks, Nikki mentioned, um, lying about the motorsport situation and about Nikki not knowing about Cardi B's presence on the song. Um, Nikki called out Joe for this, running circles around him, apparently, according to social media. And um, it led to other issues such as Nikki apparently being on drugs, according to Joe Budden, which she debunked, said that she's tried drugs before, but that she's not actually on drugs in terms of addicted in regular usage. She referenced songs like Pills and Potions, Pills and Potions, I think it is, um, which mentions drugs to reference that she in fact has talked about drugs in her music. So is not shying away from the topic. Um... So Joe Budden did switch subject to when confronted about that Nicki Minaj not knowing about motorsport. He shifted gears and said, was Nicki Minaj and Cardi B directing bars at each other throughout the song? To which Joe, there, I mean, Nicki then said, why are you trying to switch lanes and switch topics? So, um, yeah, Joe specifically said she's crazy and she's on drugs. She debunked that, as I said. Uh, there was issues with Trina's team that were mentioned as well because of this quickness of Nikki running to Megan the Stallion's Hot Girl Summer to do the kind of remix of that overnight, oh sorry, jump on the single overnight and then film the visual shortly after in the days that followed. Whereas um, Nikki and Trina's Baps, which features on Trina's latest album, which was released a couple of weeks ago, um, has been in the making for two years. And the fact that a visual has not been recorded, um, Trina was team, Trina's team was apparently really, angry about this uh so nikki went on to criticize trina's business team and um label issues as well to which then trina jumped on instagram live the night after or in the hours that followed to kind of debunk this to kind of not call the stands to nikki minaj um to kind of uh, mention that she's going through her own business issues and that she's not actually angry at nikki minaj uh that she's at a ceasefire there's no war there's no none of this um and yeah there's there's just been a lot of fallout nikki then went to joe budden's podcast to which she made up after 30 minutes of saying that people hate on her and are trying to dethrone the queen um and that she is uh she doesn't play with that juju and witchcraft and all this kind of stuff and that um no one will stop her reign and that she is in fact still all empowering and all encompassing. But they made up. The big the thing is Joe Biden and her made up. And she named her five top rappers. Don't ask me to name them. You can Google that shit. But um the big, yeah, big issues. Uh Trina's A and R uh went onto Instagram to write a whole caption about Nikki, talking about how basically she's negative, how people warned him on the team of her. Um, Trina, um, Trina's cousin also co-signed this as well um, and it's been a very big topic Nikki Shopping has said that she's made the news pretty much every day this week so Nikki's had a very big week Queen Radio again was very popular she promoted Hot Girl Summer on the radio show um, what are you guys' thoughts on 
Nikki Minaj, what are your thoughts on Queen Radio? What are your thoughts on Joe Budden, Trina, any aspect of this cake? Take a bite, commentary. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't have a lot to say on this, just the fact that when Nicki Minaj used um, the hashtag for Black Girl Tragic, I did a bit of research on that. And um, I just don't really understand her angle in terms of who she's trying to be. I don't really understand if Nicki Minaj is going through some things. Her branding seems a bit confused. She used to say she was for the black women. Um, Apparently she's not with this hashtag. And to be honest, I don't pay any more attention to her. Um, When I heard she was on Joe Budden's podcast, I just didn't listen to it because Mm. I I can't bother to listen to someone screaming in my ears for half an hour. Mm. And yeah, that's all I have to say, really. Not a fan of her new music. Not a fan of the way that she's been acting. Yeah. Um, and I just think she's quite immature. Just to contextualize, Black Girl Tragic was a commentary in response to people who critiqued her new relationship. So if you don't know, she's renewed her, well, she's got a marriage license, her and her to-be husband. Um, and they're getting married in the next three months that she confirmed on Queen Radio as well. So um yeah, that was the black girl tragic. She's specifically targeting obviously black women with that, um, who critique her brand and critique who she's marrying right now. And I think she's making that into a Queen Radio segment, apparently. So um yeah, Chope, any thoughts on the Barbs, Nikki, Joe? I I I don't understand why she brought them on their show just to argue with them about them allegedly calling her a liar or whatever, because Joe and Co weren't being shady or mean about it. They were just saying it was a good marketing, good, was good calculated move. So I don't, I, I just don't understand why she was so pressed about it. With I just, I don't understand. But I only really have a comment on the Trina thing. Okay. Really. Um. So I'm glad that neither Nikki or Trina, Trina fell into the trap of them of, of people trying to start a beef between the two of them because I am aware that Trina. Trina's been a very long time supporter of Nikki and probably the only female rapper that's really publicly supported Nikki over the last 10 or so years. And I actually do like the song, but um, but like Trina said, it, I don't think it... I'm not defending Nicki Minaj because I still think she's a terrible person. Um, and this week has shown that. And um, I don't think that people should be blaming Nikki for the lack of a BAPS video because Nikki is a feature. It's Trina's job. It's Trina's management. Trina's label. It's their job to get the ducks in order for any further promotion or further rollout or video shoots. Mm. If Trina's A and R is upset about Hot Girl Summer or Megan's team just moved faster, they're like, because you know it's their job. It's not when you are a feature. Your job is to record the song. Mm. Anything else that takes place should be communicated to said artist. Okay, we're going to do a video now oh, we're going to go perform, are you available this day? Like, I think people assume because Nikki's the bigger artist, has a bigger name, that she should be moving the needle on how the rollout of the song goes out, which is, isn't fair. And it's kind of nonsensical because you don't expect that from anyone. If you're the feature, it's, that's not your, that's not your job. Hmm. But um, just to round off my point, um, did I have anything to say? Um, yeah. For many, many years, I've always said Nicki Minaj was annoying. I've always said that. I've, <laughs> I've always said this, that she's, she's annoying. And this was solidified on her last Breakfast Club interview, when it, however many years ago. That's when I was like, oh, so you really are a bitch. What era was this? If she was still um, dressing like a clown. So oh, oh. I don't oh. know. I, I think it was Roman related. 
or the re-release of Roman Reloaded. It was definitely before the Pink Print. I know that. So okay. it's definitely at least five or six years ago. And you still had that same effect. Yes. And still, I'm like, that's when I solidified that, oh, you know. But this <laughs> last year and a half is just, you're just insufferable. You are truly insufferable, truly immature. And I just don't understand how you can't see the damage that this is doing to your career. Like, I don't understand why Queen Radio is still a thing. I don't understand why you think shouting and screaming at um, Joe Budden and Rick Ross and black people on Twitter and Instagram. I just don't understand how you don't see the destruction you are really causing to your name, your legacy. I can see it's gone past you even being a hater at this point because we know you are. But it's not, you just now look like you just look unstable, unhinged. And just like a baby. It's just like, you're like 36 years old. Pushing thought 40. You're 36 years old. And it's just like, you keep talking about queen shit and boss shit, but this is not how queens behave. Anika, Tanya Mirage. Um, so I just don't really know anything. I just feel like you're just doing more damage. And like, it's the point where it's like, you're still obviously, you know, a big name. Mm. But like, I feel like your days are, are numbered. I feel like Gaudet's are numbered in terms of you being in that populace of mm. pop culture, like, because your light, your light is dimming, and then it's become very apparent, and so even just black people, and you black to it, like, it's becoming very apparent to wider pop culture and wider consumers um, across the world that you have a bad attitude. Mm. You have a, and then, it's one thing having a bad attitude, but this is the age of social media. Like, it's a mess. Like, it's a mess. Like, for example, I feel like, people know Mary J. Blige has a bad attitude but it's, it's not documented because we're on social media but people know who know Mary J. Blige I, mean, I don't know about today but in the past in the definitely day, she had a yeah definitely attitude. there was yeah there was a big stigma awful attitude. industry knew you know. <laughs> but no one thank god social media <laughs> but no one knows that so she's been able to kind of like you know grow up and evolve but Nikki is like pot, yeah you're all these incidents you're having like I can't like like I said it before like you actually were in the news every day this week yeah you're right. You were in the news every day this week. And it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down. Mm. So that's me. Do you know what? I think you're definitely right about a lot of things. I think someone made the post. Um, I think Eden liked it as well. Um, about Nikki feeling like she has to compete with Cardi B in the cult of personality almost. In terms of you, your, your personality superseding your branding and using your personality as a brand. And that just hasn't come across in the way that I think you wanted it to across the Queen era period. And I always thought this because I knew the truth about the little Kim thing. Whether I'll ever get the concrete A equals B equals C, I just know in my gut what happened happened. Young Money fucked Kim over. They used it for you and made you think you were the head honcho. And for a minute you were. For a good stint of nine or 10 years you were because you blocked women in my opinion, you wanted to be the only one in your only career, in your career, who have you uplifted and featured on? I could probably count it on my hand in terms of how many women and new upcoming women that you've, I mean, rap, not women across the board, who you've worked with. Yeah. Across the board in terms of not solidified women in the industry, not co-signing upcoming women. It's only as of late, you've really tried to do that. So, um, yeah, one was even signed to your label, Young Money, and, you know, fall by the wayside, that one. 
Um, so anyway, I think you've been very much a hater from the start, as Shope said or hinted at. Toxic personality. Um, and now the world finally sees it. And even still, some of them still are defending you, which is really sad to see when it's very apparent and laid out on paper with what you are. You have your own platform, Queen Radio, in conjunction with Apple, which you've used to slate women, which you've used to come at other women, which you've used to show your delusion, which isn't a funny thing, actually. It's very sad. And I hope you go and get the help that you deserve. And this is not in any way patronising. This is actually facts, because I still think there is some maybe drug usage or some insecurity issues that are leading to this bubble of persona. Um, I think you're intimidated by Cardi B and probably Megan The Stallion, which is why you ran to her record. Um, it was mutually beneficial, but you ran to the record for a strategic reason. And that was because uh, Megatron flopped very quickly, visuals as well. And you tried the Megatron challenge to refuel that, didn't work. Um, you've got an album on the way with absolutely zero buzz for your name and music alone. It's all based on personality. Very sad. So you felt the need to orchestrate this PR campaign. I do think it was a PR campaign because of the mere fact that you and Joe Budden made up not less than 24 hours later. So I think Joe and you linked up, you know, good for Joe's brand, good for your brand. A lot more people probably tuned into the Joe Budden podcast. And even if it wasn't orchestrated, I know in your head it was orchestrated and you knew what you were doing with queen radio when you invited joe Biden on you didn't really prove much of nothing on there you proved very much that you um joe might have been or and academics in particular might have been lying about that motorsport situation but all parties were to play in that motorsport situation including yourself now i know migos had their little stint in there i know cardi you know hated you from the start because you were a hater period but um Nikki, you are the epitome of a child, as Shopee hinted at. You are in your late 30s. You want to prove that you're a queen. You still don't have a classic album. You still don't. You still don't musically. You don't. None of your albums are near to classic, near. Not even in the echelon of classic. And that is what is bothering you. Because all of your contemporaries who happen to be men or happen to have been men when you existed in that industry, even the likes of Little Kim has a classic as well. Um, even Foxy Brown, you know, has loads, like two, at least two. Um, Kim has two. Yeah, like literally, you have no classic. You keep trying to warm up music. It's been a, not even, it's been about 12 months now since Queen. And you're trying to warm up another one. I can assure you it's not a classic. I can assure you. Whoever you've got as that executive producer name, it's not a classic. It's not. Because Megatron sounded like a hot pile of garbage. It did. It did. The sample, I know you tried. I know you tried to tap into the Caribbean roots. It still flopped, honey. It still flopped, ma. So it still flopped. It still flopped, okay? And it flopped on both the charts and sonically. So Chopin can do ratatata, but that's making fun of the music, which means it's not of quality. So go back to the studio, take another 12 months and shut up. Queen Radio, dash that in the bin, the Apple sponsorship, throw it away. You do have a personality, you do, you're entertaining, but you're entertaining for toxic reason and you're entertaining because we're laughing at you not with you because you think we're laughing with you but it's only your barbs that are laughing with you so nikki you can get married you can do all of that it's not going to incite any type of quality music because you're not focused you're not focused on the one thing that the world wants you to focus on your craft 
that's it. That's it, Nikki. This is the last time I want to even talk about you in this kind of light on the show. Because it's tiring. We started off that's pod, chatting your fucking name. It's the same circles. The same shit. It's near to five o'clock and I'm tired. I'm tired of the bullshit. So yeah, I'll stream Megan. I'll stream Asian Doll. I'll stream Rico Nasty. I'll stream Tierra Whack. But when your song comes up on Apple Music or Spotify, it's a dub. It is a D-U-B dub. And I don't care which stand comes after me for this. Because she shit in this era. And that's the end. You can play Megatron, pretend it's a bop or whatever you want to fucking call it. It's trash. And I'll tell you that for free. The podcast is free. (laughs) Good night. That's it. That's the end of the news section, guys. I'm done. So no one else had anything to add about Nicki Minaj? No. Chope summed it up quite well to introduce it because it's tiring. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it then. Uh, so guys, <laughs> I mean, sorry, that was a long, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think she does deserve it. But at the same time, I do hope that she kind of changes a few things. Um, it must, it must be really hard being like one of the only women during that era who was like kind of popular in hip hop. Um, so yeah, I empathize, but at the same time, I'm just like, you made a lot of mistakes. And I mean, everyone does. So hopefully you come back harder, you change a few things. It's not made, because that implies that it's over and done with. You're still making mistakes on a daily basis. This whole week was a mistake. Yep. Where was your manager? The funniest thing is she linked up with Megan. It was it was looking good. Things were looking decent. I'm sorry, guys. That song is shit. I'm no, 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 not, no, 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 no. Just shit. from how Nikki was coming across, even though I knew she was a hater deep down, I knew the real reasons for that collaboration. But publicly, news was good. Mm. Nikki was looking good. She could have started a nice new rollout. But Ty Dolla Sign saved that song, is all I'm going to say. Uh, no, but he did didn't. He? Because uh, he's, did he? he's singing about fuck that trick, fuck the hoe, or a song about what girl summers. It, it's actually sounded really shit. It's supposed Ty to be really a female empowerment song of Ty Dolla Sign being Misogynistic, a yeah. No, but it sounded really shit as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's his worst. And he usually saves yeah. every song. Like, that his, sounded shit. His, his chorus is very derivative, very like, I kind of like, I'm not a singer, but I could... <laughs> If I had the beat, I could have guessed that he was going to make that melody. Mm. I could have guessed that was the melody. Yeah, like literally. It was just very alphabet, very... Yeah, um, yeah, 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 literally, literally. So yeah, that's the end of the episode, guys. Just make sure to rate the podcast if you can. We love your feedback. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That's pod, D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And yeah, we'll see you next week, Tuesday. Peace.